Episode 18, back for a solo one again today, without my partner in crime, Chris, but um, yeah, wanted to quickly jump on and have a bit of a chat about recovery and recovery systems, um, some of the best forms of recovery and how to actually you know, spend time recovering. I'm getting a little bit older, so my recovery is actually, is probably the thing that's slowed down the most. Um, it's the thing that I, I struggle with in terms of backing up training and I've got back into some longer running and I'm really struggling at the moment with consistently tight quads. I just cannot get this tightness out of my quads. Um, I'm foam rolling quite a lot. I'm using a sauna to actually get some heat into my body, but it just seems to be quite consistent. Um, what I did want to chat about a little bit is some of the modalities which we're using now and some of the research around them. And um, I've had this conversation with many people for years, particularly around cold and cold plunge. I've been cold plunging, I think, now for 20 years. Um, I was always, you know, head to the ocean after training, even in the middle of the winter. Um, the water temperature was quite cold. The pool at home was cold and I'd go home and I'd literally, you know, grab my, my um, hydration, some water or some sort of uh, electrolyte water and I'd stand in the pool with my beanie on and a long sleeve top just to stay warm. And I know there's probably a little bit better science around it now and I haven't read any in-depth science recently, but for many years the science around cold was not that great. You know, we've gone through this whole Wim Hof method, which I think is, you know, more around breathing. Um, but, you know, is there really detailed evidence around cold and cold plunge and how much it works for you. Um, my view on that is that even if it doesn't work or even if the science doesn't have a lot of evidence, I'm a big believer in doing what feels good, even if it's a placebo effect, even if you get that effect where um, you think it feels good and you think, you think it makes you feel better the next day, then just do it anyway. Chris and I were chatting about this the other week. He's been using a recovery center and they seem to be popping up everywhere at the moment and I'm all for it. I think it's going to be a massive market in the next 10 years. Um, the health and wellness space, not only for athletes, but just for the everyday person. I think we often, it's like sports cars that, you know, Formula One lead the way with technology and then five or 10 years later, um, some of the technology in those those advanced race cars finds its way into production in the everyday motor car. Um, the paddle shift has been around in race cars for a very long time, and then you know eventually it found its way into to luxury sports cars, and then it just made its way down to um, an everyday car. So, and I think that's like a lot of the recovery modes that they start off um, with athletes, and then they finally they eventually find their way into the general public. And I think that's a good thing. I think, um, you know, people using these modalities is a good thing. But, you know, I was saying before that Chris has actually been using a recovery centre up in Queensland and he's been using the compression boots, he was saying. And, again, there's a lot of controversy around compression clothing over the years. Um, as a track runner, we've always worn tights. I recall running onto the football field for training when I was probably 21 um, because I used to sprint in the summer and play Aussie rules during the winter and I would have my long tights on and nobody could believe that I'd actually turn up to training 
foot a pair of long tights on, put my shorts over the top and run around the training field. Um, 20 years later, every single person has long tights on. So again, track runners were always wearing long tights when I was young. It was just a common thing. You could hardly find them in Australia, to be honest. Um, I bought mine in Spain traveling one year, um, but it was interesting. Everyone at training couldn't believe I was just this idiot running around in these long tights in the middle of winter, um, and now it's common practice. But uh, so there's been a lot of controversy around compression clothing. Does it really work? Uh, my personal opinion is it doesn't. Um, I don't think I've ever had or ever felt any better wearing, you know, um, any sort of compression wear. However, um, it feels good, you know, to wear something tight on your legs um, when you're running. It feels good. The compression socks that you fly with, I'm sure they have a benefit, but how tight they are compared to a pair of, you know, compression clothing is ridiculous. Um, you couldn't actually train in a pair of, you know, compression tights or a compression top that is as tight as those those flight socks. Um, but my point is that, you know, if it makes you feel good and you believe that you're recovering more from it, then do it anyway. And Chris was saying the same thing about the recovery boots, that he goes to this centre, you know, at the moment, or if he's particularly in racing mode, you know, once a week, um, and he spends a half an hour in these recovery boots um, sitting in a massage chair, I believe, and he said he can't believe the way he feels, you know, when you get out of it. And even if the science isn't there, and even if it's not doing that much, I think, you know, it's just a, a benefit mentally that you, okay, I've done this recovery session and tomorrow I'm going to run better. So I think these all these modalities are a good thing. And even if there's only a 1% increase or 1% improvement, if you're doing lots of those little things and they're all adding up, then I think it's worthwhile. Um, and as I was saying earlier that as I've got older, recovery by far is the thing that I'm struggling with the most. Um, I've started some distance running again. Um, I've run 10Ks a couple of times. And for those folks out there that go out for a casual 10K run, I know you're probably thinking um, how crazy that is at the moment that I can only run 10Ks, but that's where I'm at coming off a sprint background and then not spending any time running for many years um, and then living in the mountains and basically only skiing for you know, the last three or four years and a little bit of cycling. But I've run two 10K runs. Um, I hadn't run 10Ks since I was about 23, I think. So for me to run two 10K runs in the last uh, um, uh, five weeks has been nice, but it does leave me sore for days. So I am trying to focus more on my recovery, and I think that's become probably, you know, more important than my actual training at the moment. And again, um, I really admire Chris and for some of the work that he puts in. And he said to me the other week, for every one hour of training he does now during the week, he does one hour of recovery work. And for him, that is going to the gym, um, sitting in the hot tub to get really warm and then doing some light stretching and so mobility work. And then he will jump on an exercise bike for 15 or 20 minutes and just turn his legs over. And then he'll just go through some lightweight training and a lot of band work. Um, he really focuses on his hip flexors and his hamstrings um, and his calves as a track athlete. So, yeah, I just wanted to, um, you know, talk a little bit about what we can do to um, assist with this recovery, and I think it can't be emphasised enough. Um, it's all these little things that just matter the most, and I think prioritising your sleep, prioritising your fluid intake, um, prioritizing your you know 
stretching and mobility. And it's the other thing I have started to do a little bit more is more static stretching. Um, I have allowed my body to become so stiff over the years. And I have to say, on my lower back already, I've just been sitting in that cross-legged position and leaning forward, um, you know, for an extended period of time, two minutes at a time. And I've gone from not being able to le- reach forward to get my elbows on the floor to getting my elbows on the floor in probably inside a week. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a huge part of training. Um, and even if you're young and you can bounce back, I think the more you can prioritise it, the more you can focus on it, the better you will be. But definitely as you start to age, it becomes bigger and bigger. And I'm like all athletes that I get a bit obsessed with improvement all the time and I reluctantly won't take days off, but I have to force myself some days to say, okay, today I'm just so sore um, and going out and trying to do something else. You know, I can be that hero and actually push through and I'm sure I'll be fine, but is it the right thing to do? Maybe I just need that one extra day, um, you know, sit in the sauna, come out of the sauna and sit on the floor and stretch, roll, get a massage um, and all those other things. I would love some feedback. The one thing I'm still not sure about and I don't own is a massage gun. Um, I think it feels good. I've used one before, but it's not something I've gone and purchased. I just don't know really how good they are, but um, maybe it's something that uh, I should go and try. If you can put feedback, I'm trying to actually use uh, Spotify to use feedback now, but if you've got any comments around a massage gun, please feel free to leave them. Um, Anyway, I'm not going to make it a long one. I just wanted to touch base around some of those things and – express some of my thoughts on you know recovery how to use it Um, but the most important thing I think if you feel good and it's something that um, mentally makes you feel better even if it has no physical benefit or minimal physical benefit then I think you should do it anyway Um, anyway happy training and have a great week and until next time bye for now